Have you ever had one of those people in your life who you just knew was your mentor before they even were aware that they were? That is what this guest was for me today, back in my days at Kalamazoo, and you're going to absolutely love her. But before I jump in, this is actually an episode I thought I lost, which I'm so glad I found it. You're going to love it. But if you noticed last week, I mentioned something about a new resource for you. That's going to be the love of the game formula. It's a new mini course all about how to motivate our athletes and find what really drives them. Also figuring out what doesn't motivate. (laughs) I will have more info on that very soon. I got to be honest, guys. Mommin and life caught up to me this weekend. Yay, Halloween. Boo, lack of time. (laughs) So I will get that to you guys ASAP. And in the meantime, I've got this amazing episode that's really going to touch on a lot of these topics as well from a slightly different point of view, but from an amazing person. So keep an eye out for the love of the game formula. I will get that to you guys ASAP. And in the meantime, enjoy this awesome episode. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast. I've got one of my favorite people on as a guest today. She was not only my mentor back at Kalamazoo College, but she is also just an amazing person. She was not only a volleyball coach, but also the head of the PE department. She did amazing things for the school, and she's also an author of Sportuality, Finding Joy in the Games, and also Maxibility. Who are you and what are you here for? So we've got her here to talk about all things maxable, anything that we can do to get the best out of our student athletes and them as people. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear her joyful perspective. Please welcome Jean Hess. Welcome. Thank you, Melanie. It's good to hear your voice again. We, I missed you at K and... <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I've retired, so I'm I'm uh, no longer coaching. But I don't know if you know either that I also coached. I was an assistant softball coach for five years at Kalamazoo College. Heck yes. So, yeah, did we? I said that, but you you didn't say that. But you know, I do have a little bit of <clears throat> ball knowledge. So I'm, <laughs> I'm Absolutely. So yeah. let's get this started with your latest book. Tell us about Maxibility, what it's about, and how more coaches can learn from it. Um, What Maxibility ends up really doing is asking the reader to discern purpose. You know, ask those questions, who are you and what are you here for? Uh, When I was a coach, and I believe it was in 2007, I was in the bleachers recruiting a setter, and I was sitting high up in the bleachers, and around turned this young man who was in seventh grade and looked me right in the eye, and he said, who are you, and what are you here for? In in, in even more demonstrative way than that, but it was really, it was something that I sat up and took notice, and I just said, I'm Coach Hess, and I'm here to watch number five. Thank you very much, and I wanted him to turn around because I wanted to kind of pay attention to the volleyball game. Um, 
Max turned around again and he said, that's my sister and I don't want her going to Kalamazoo College and I don't like things that sting. <laughs> um, uh, if For those of you who don't know, Kalamazoo College is the Hornet <laughs> and he, he did not like that. Um, I love him. <laughs> The book, the book is is about is kind of Max's story. It's the story of how he came to be in the United States. He was adopted from Russia after his parents lost a child uh, at 23 days old with uh, a genetic disorder. Um, they wanted more children, and so they went to Russia and adopted Max and Elena, his sister, his um, younger sister, um, Courtney and Eric. The, his older siblings and Courtney is the one who played for me um, already were there and they welcomed Max and Elena into their family. So not only is it a story of, of, of birth and death and loss at the beginning, it's the story then of adoption and of uh, unconditional love. And because you see Max is ADHD, anxiety disorder, and and he's on the spectrum, and so uh, he had special needs. And through our time, through his time, and through Courtney's time at K, the reason I identified with him so greatly after he decided it was okay for Courtney to go to K, um, he was for me a spiritual person. Uh, spirituality, as you mentioned in my first book, and I'll talk about that in a bit, but Max said, I want to be the next Ernie Harwell. Uh, some in your listening audience who might be baseball fans of the Detroit Tigers uh, might know that Ernie Harwell was the iconic announcer for the Detroit Tigers for 50 years. And I fell asleep as I grew up outside the Detroit area and a Tiger fan. And I grew up with, you know, his voice in my transistor radio under my pillow, you know. And and so when Max told me he wanted to be the next Ernie Harwell, he had me at hello. And so it's our spiritual journey and his journey through, you know, who am I and what am I here for and what are my gifts and what are my talents. Um. And then in the end, I do ask myself those questions again, because when I answered them the first time, when I answered, who are you and what are you here for in those bleachers, I answered from my ego self as my coach self that I'm coach S and I'm here for to watch her. But every day since that day in 2007, I wake up and say, who am I and what am I here for? And it really helps bring a, a meaning and purpose into my life. And so at the end of the book, I reflect on, here's really what I would have said. And it's after several years, but then I do find myself, even since the publication of the book back in November, I probably could change it on a daily basis. Um, it gives me a depth of thought, of consideration, and really what I'm doing on the planet and what I'm doing in the city and what I'm doing in family. And so, yeah, it's, it's that kind of fun book. And, and it takes, it has um, timeouts throughout the book to have the reader reflect on certain things and to see whether or not um, 
to see whether they're um, paying attention, you know, and, and, and so uh, I'm, I had, uh, I created timeouts for spirituality and uh, carried those on in a maxibility. So that's maxibility. Ah, I cannot wait to get mine. It's already ordered. I can't wait for it to get here. I did not get it before this chat, but I love spirituality. You gave it to me or you suggested it to me right when I got the job. Okay. It's like, okay, if I can work with this lady, I'm excited. I read it on the beach here in Jacksonville. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I just, I love how reflective you are and how honest and real you've always been. So how would you suggest other coaches with reading this book and moving forward can tap into that skill? It's really a skill of reflecting every day and kind of calling out, okay, even if it's just today, what am I here for? What am I doing? What's my purpose right here, right now? Um, gosh, I, I think it really is getting a mindset of, of, of that a reflection, B positivity, B or SC, um, spirituality as from a coach, from a coaching perspective, uh, I would bring in the thoughts from spirituality because I do see the two books kind of piggybacking on one another because in spirituality, I talked about the the language that we use in sport and often those words, 12 words actually, that when we use in sport can really unite or divide us. And um, so I, I took each word, broke it apart, usually to its original, original etymology where it's, um, one of the first words that I really considered was competition. Competition literally means to work with. And so when we begin to think about competition and working with another, rather than working against another, it brings a sense of, for me, uh, peace and, and uh, togetherness, abundance, all of those, the positive mindsets, rather than having to, knock someone out or eliminate someone from, from the arena um, to win the competition. So at Kalamazoo, uh, we often played the national champions because they often played in our conference. And in order, rather than hate them and rather than create a rivalry that, that simply didn't serve us as comp- competitors, I wanted to, uh, have my team understand that we are competing with not against and so if they walk in the gym and you say thank you for being here rather than you know um i think that uh that gratitude serves us along the way and we access our better self which is a better player which is a happier player and thus finding joy in the games so as we re- as we reflect into the words that I've written about in spirituality, we have a different outcome. So we go thought or thought to language to outcome. You know, your outcomes become the result of your 
your, your thought about it. And so my thought about Max was um, that he's amazing. And so the, the, and that goes into Max ability. So he, for me, became a spiritual character where he didn't, and the Max ability was the word that I created to create the outcome of not a disability, but it's such an ability because Max, it, you, you have to know him. He's enthusiastic. He's um, very bright and very focused and can, and, and really knows, I think what he wants in life. And I think our, Oh, our, our, cultural constructs would say that Max has a disability and he needs to get disability insurance. No, Max has a Max ability. And I want, I want to drive the conversation about inclusion and about um, judgment and uh, uh, what you can and can't do. Um, And as coaches, I think sometimes we say you can and can't do this. Because when Max's sister was uh, playing for us, she uh, and Max wanted to be Ernie Harwell. I said, then Max, I'm going to treat you as if you're Ernie Harwell and you're going to be our announcer. And so he became our announcer. And so the, if we treat people as if the, they are the perfect souls that, that we know them to be, um, their outcome is so much better um, and so much more positive and so much more meaningful and heartfelt. Um, Max ended up calling me one day after Courtney had graduated. Now we're, we're great friends. And he called and he said, Jean, I'm so sorry. I got to tell you, I'm not going to be Ernie Harwell. And this was prior to the book being published. And I said, you know what, Max? You already are to me because Ernie Harwell was a beautiful soul. Ernie was a, a Christian. And you never heard him speak about his faith, but he lived his faith. He became his faith. And um, that's what Max has done. I said, Max, you already have become Ernie Harwell in my mind. You know, you are yours. And, and I talk in the book about this idea of becoming a saint, which literally means the, the legend means life of a saint. So Ernie Harwell was a legend. And, and a legend literally means the life of a saint. So, um, so there's some, some other reflections in Max's ability about this, this idea of having become a saint. Um, and, and, and what Ernie did in his career to further baseball and to, and to create fans and to create an interest in the game for people who didn't understand it. He had a great knowledge of what he was doing and why. And, so he was a, Ernie was a spiritual character too. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I I went with Max ability uh, and and reflecting upon the principles of spirituality. Oh, it's so good, and I think one of the themes that can be found in everything you do is the positivity, which one time my husband said actually no, he said multiple times, but the very first time he <laughs> met you, he was like. You're like a mini Jean. She's so positive. I was like, yes, that was like the best compliment ever. Oh, thank you. We 
we did have a uh, we did have a lovely connection <laughs> for sure so i want you to share some of that magic with the other coaches here not just on the field on the court but how do you take crummy situations uh things that are called disabilities things that you can't control that other people say and do and affect you how do you reframe things in such a positive way um i i first of all i think i have to step back and and take a breath and not take an an immediate reaction um one of the words that i talk about in spirituality is communication this word communication which i literally means to make common. So how are we going to make common your need, my need, our beliefs? How are we going to create a common bond between us? Uh, and whether or not it, it, it's Cubby's thing with win-win or no deal or, you know, um, not creating a win-lose, not creating a lose-win, but working toward win-win or win-win or no deal. So that's you know, that we understand that if we don't agree, that we can walk away and be okay. But um, it's about communication and, and really literally choosing the words. Uh, it, it is reframing those words in your psyche um, that you're going to use and using words intentionally. Uh, and understanding that when you do use certain words, they are triggers for other things. You know. Um, uh, d- d- like for me, if you if you said the word war, I might go ballistic on you. I, I would have a hard time with that. I would say it was I, <laughs> it's a large disagreement, you know. Um, uh, but but uh, I would I would encourage coaches to work on their mode of communication. How are you saying it? What are you saying? How are you saying that to your to your players and all players are not the same uh, because, and then also community is another word that is in there because we talk about the community. So we talk about our teams as being communities or families or that, you know, you have charge of a community. I, I, I was on a, the American Volleyball Coaches Association Board of Directors. And so we talked about the community of volleyball, you know, having community is having charge of together and so this idea of being together in the competition you know being together working together being great something greater than myself it is about getting beyond the ego it is about getting to a level of communication and community uh, with individual players first and it's getting to know each one and and each one is an, is an individual because every player is not the same. Uh, I had players that, that only needed positive reinforcement, and I had players who needed some, some more harsh reinforcement. Uh, I would tend to work toward the positive reinforcement, and they go, Coach, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I'm okay, okay, you got it. Um, but I, I think every player – every player has um, their own their own needs and that they come to us 
and really need that that care, that coaching, that focus uh, from us. And if to, if if to me that player is simply a body and a means of scoring points and getting wins, I haven't done my job as a collegiate coach. Um, and and I think that creating that community of that team that around that oneness and having the mission and having the goals articulated in a language that everybody understands and can can articulate themselves uh, it is important and i think the biggest failures that i had as a coach were when i really wasn't able to to articulate the mission to the players you know and what we were trying to do together so in there and you witnessed it (laughs) it (laughs) happens and it I think the trickiest thing to me was getting my wonderful intentions and like the momentum from preseason planning and getting going into the grind of season and focusing on this and that and getting distracted by that and this and the other. <laughs> what would yep. you say then was your like best version of this where you communicated it clearly and the culture was strong and everybody had that sense of community that you were going for? What was your best experience with that? Oh, there, there were several, but um, a lot of them were um, I'll just add my, my very last game of 35 years of coaching. Um, we hadn't had a, a winning season. Uh, it was a home game and we, I had two seniors and had let the team know beforehand what I, what this game really meant for me because of the decades long journey of teaching these principles and like having them understand and believe in themselves and to play their best game. And I personally, I wanted to coach my best game, but I think, and and you all know, uh, you as a coach, the stuff happens in practice and we've been practicing and we've been trying and and we've been doing the best that we could. Um, And that games are for the players. And that, and it's where the, it's kind of I've I've called it like their their test, right? You know, the classwork is the classwork, and then the game is when you show up and you're tested. And did you learn? Did you learn? You know, and so ultimately for me, this last contest was did I learn? And did they learn? And so uh, we won in four and it, so in volleyball you're it's best three out of five and we we won in four and the final point was my two seniors blocking together to make it happen and for me that was such joy and we have oh, so so you can hear I'm emotional here but we can hear uh, uh, the like the crowd was going crazy and it and um, they found the meaning they found the so those seniors walked out having understood what it meant while we didn't have a winning season not every team is allowed to win the last game of their season because often you go into playoffs and then 
only winners win in Lausanne. We won the last game of our season because they got it. They understood that they worked together towards something greater than themselves. And they really did. There was joy in that gym on that day. So, so it was a career's worth of lessons for me all woven together um, in that one day, in that one moment. And from the bench players who were as happy to be in that moment as the players who played every moment um, to assistant coaches and to administrators. It was just, it really was a magical moment. So for me, I would have to go to that game. Um, I could go back into the decade of the nineties where we were kind of, we were a dominant team in the, in the conference and we competed well regionally and, and nationally. And those kind of lessons were, were different. I was a younger person and didn't know or coach the way I coached at the end of my career. Um, and so I, I think in, in reflection, it really was that last game and those last moments that I really could step away with great joy in every single moment that I coached. So. That's what I got, Melanie. Ah, so good. I'm sitting here. I, I have it muted so I don't make weird noises. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was fun. It was a. It was a great day. Ah, okay. So bottle up that magnificence and hand it to younger Jean. <laughs> what yeah. one lesson would you hope that younger Jean could take with her? It's all good. It's all good. The <laughs> wins, the losses. Um, so the, the self-knowledge, the, the knowledge of the self that sport can bring to you um, is so great. Uh, and, and I was talking to you earlier, and I, I mentioned I did a, a session at the Women in Sports Leadership Conference here in Michigan. And my, my talk was titled Using Sport as a Social and Global Connector, an Educational Tool. So as I wrote the books and as the books came out, I, and, and having consciously reflected on a lot of things through those times and consciously reflected on raising my, my, my two boys who play baseball um, through the Tiger system, actually. And... Um, being very, very close to sport and using sport as my vehicle. That older Jean would tell younger Jean, it's a vehicle. It's not the end. It's not the end. It's, it's a process of becoming. And sport is a vehicle that we've created, a social construct that we've created to allow us to learn about who we are and what we're doing here. And um, I, I think at that time, younger Jean would understand what Kalamazoo College was all about. But I also think that as coaches, we all have to buy into the educational mission of where we are. And um, 
you know, toward the end of my career, I did use sport as a way to create international travel for my teams. We went on four amazing international uh, uh, training trips uh, to China, to Costa Rica, to Trinidad and Tobago. And then finally, the year before I retired, we went to South Africa. And and so we, we not only learned the, the culture of volleyball in these other places, but that volleyball actually became the connector and the language for something much greater, something more global, um, and something it, it, with connection with another people who didn't speak the same language or people who thought differently than we did, but they played the same sport. And so we were, you know, we found that as a, as a construct for connection. So whatever you do and, and wherever, whatever kind of institution you are, whether you're club uh, or, or whether you're um, educational institution, high school or, or junior high or college, um, you have to be an educator first. And in spirituality, I do talk about this word education, which literally means to draw forth. So as we are educating and coaching, we are drawing forth from our athletes their, their, their greatest self, their best self, um, their, their meaning and purpose. We're drawing forth for them who they are and what they're doing here. And that sport is a means for doing that. Uh, and for women, especially, nor, for, the, for 99% of the women, it's not going to be to play professional sport. 99% of the women are going to go and raise families and work and uh, coach and, and, and teach and, and be involved in business in ways, in more intentional ways than maybe those that didn't have uh, the, the experience of sport. So ah, there you go. I, I forget what it was you asked, Melanie, but I hope I answered it. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That is what we like to call a mic drop. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I am dropping with a mic. That's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed Jean as much as I always do. And we will be back next week with another episode and for sure more info on the love of the game formula. So keep an ear out. We'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, have a good one.